What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 334. Um, we're back. It's been about a month or so, and uh, yeah. I'm still Steve, one of the co-hosts of the show, and, and as always with me are... Ron. And I'm still John. <laughs> I realize that a lot of this like party stuff's in the background, all this... Stuff. Yeah, that's what that, that I think that's what happens when you have a, a little one come along, right? You get a, a lot, of like, you get a a lot of like decorations that find their way yeah. all around the house. Have you heard of a diaper cake? Oh, yeah, we got one when we had our we had Aaron's shower. I had is that no something idea someone what makes, or is that something that the baby leaves for you like on a special day? <laughs> Both. Both. I assume the former. Yeah. A diaper cake See, almost sounds like kind of like a urinal cake, but instead you it put does. it in a diaper. It, you know, it does. It's fresh. It does. <laughs> It's it's a or it's a type of shit. That's the other thing it could be. Is, oh, <laughs> she left a real diaper cake last night. It's a little diaper cake. Um, a it's like a, a stack of diapers and and uh, toys and clothes and made in the shape of a cake. And normally it's topped with something really cool. Uh, mine was a bear, um, and it was sent to me from. The wonderful people in Atlanta that my my family in Atlanta. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm learning about new things all the time. New kid, new life. Uh, my wife cake. and I are yeah, new diaper cake. My <laughs> wife and I are taking it in. My face got skinny, but my body did. I don't understand what happened. Like, my, I slimmed down to my face from just sheer fear of like exhaustion and lack of food <laughs> yeah <laughs> but nothing happened with the rest of our body i, was, I can't right, figure right. out what it is. <laughs> so uh, just, it's because you're like sitting still like i don't want to move to wake her up right. yeah i can't move <clears throat> right, right your body right. is like static like <laughs> <laughs> so weird uh, otherwise i'm i'm great how you guys how you guys doing hanging in there you <clears throat> Hanging in there, buddy. Just same old, same yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. Quite along. a bit's happened. Yeah, quite a bit's happened. I feel like uh, since we spoke, oh, we yes, mi- like our last episode was was we staggered it, but since we actually yes. recorded, it's been it's been uh you know holy a, a good while. A lot has happened. Yeah, World a War Festival movies. Um, yeah, war, a war as well. <laughs> Jesus. Quite a bit. Let's see, uh, 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 Supreme Court hearings. Supreme for, Court for hearings. Justice. Yes. Intense. And that's, stuff, these, those man. are both the type of topics that we cover on this show, right? Yeah, this is yeah. a political show, right? Yeah. We, we hit it. <laughs> we charging horse the shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Episode three thirty four is where we show. That's where what we, the show was really yeah. supposed to be. Political schmidt. Right. Switch format. Right. Yeah. Po- po- politics schmolitics. Politics. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. Just. Yeah, a lot of going on. We'll try to see. Yeah, we, we talked on the last episode that we had recorded, just kind of going through what we were looking forward to seeing at South by Southwest, which, you know, at this point is wrapped up. But it went from, yes. you know, I think it was like the March 10th to the 21st or the 11th through the 21st. But, but basically, the run of about 10 days. And um, we kind of went through some of the stuff that we were looking forward to seeing. And in a moment, we're going to kind of go through. I think just in general, what some of the top stuff that we saw were, you know, a couple, I think we each saw, I was surprised. Like I, I saw way more than I intended to. So I feel like the last couple of festivals, I was like struggling to see stuff like mm-hmm. to kind of keep up with specifically Ronald. Cause he just went on a tear the last time we talked about a festival. A super tear. Yeah. Like it tore it apart. And then that's over now, Ronald. 
That's yeah. over. But it was, your 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 reign is over, Ronald. Is it was actually yeah, so your, your 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 attentions have been diverted. <laughs> had, you know what's funny? Had nothing to do with the kid. It was the simplest oh, really? thing. I think I told you guys. Oh yeah. The the, oh. the South by Southwest app on my Apple TV messed up. So um, I have an Android device, but it, it just Apple TV is just so much easier. It is, and it crashed on all of my stuff. So they came so, up with an update two days into the festival. So I had to jam that all into basically the the the, the rest of the days, which was not as no. Actually, it was like the fourth day of the festival. It was like yeah, the, it, was, it was further into it. Yeah, it was further into the festival. So I couldn't really watch anything. Like laptops, really not good to have on the bed. The the yeah. the, the iOS versions are kind of sus. But the Apple TV ones and the Android ones are kind of amazing. Android TV ones. Yeah, it was one of the things I was going to mention was like, I guess, I guess takeaways in general beyond. I was going to note real quick. I did see twelve things, Ronald. So wow. I tried to do. You, I tried to do you proud. And uh, but I found it really challenging actually to watch stuff. And I and, and and part of it was I did have the same problem with the Apple TV app. And we were chatting on the thread about like what else are we doing to try to watch the stuff because yeah. The other, the other problem that I was finding was that, you know, through the browser or even their iOS app, the, T, the South by Southwest TV app, um, it was very inconsistent for me. Like, I'd be watching something, and it would stop, and then I'd try to ro- load it again. Same thing happened and, to me. And it would say something about, like, there'd be some <clears throat> technical error. Yeah. And, you don't have you know, access I, to this? Did you get that, right, too? Right, right. Some, some variety of a couple of different errors. And, you know, if I waited an hour and, go, and went back, and it would, it would work again. But it was weird. Like, I, I kind of was very discouraged the first few days. But then, I don't know, I guess once that app got fixed and, you know, I think I just had a little more time towards the end of the festival. But I did I did miss a couple of things that I really wanted to watch because I did not realize that the online viewing windows was only 24 to 48 hours. Depending yeah, it was 48 on hours for, for most things it looked like for me. Yeah, I, I, there was a couple that I missed because it was only 24 hours. And, oh, wow. you know... I, I guess I, I didn't even catch that or I assumed in years past, whether it was South by or Sundance or whatever we did, like a lot of those online ones, like they had that PL library and you just could like watch it the whole run of the festival. Yeah. And while they had something similar to that, it was a much smaller selection of movies that you could watch on more of an open window. Um, so, yeah, there was a couple specifically. I really wanted to see the Pez Outlaw, which I heard was great uh, from a friend Me of mine too. who actually went to one of the screenings there. And um. And again, that was something where I, I, that was where I realized the window and I was completely missed it. Um, but that one I missed. And there was one more that I was trying to see that I, I, I missed. Um, I forget what it was, but in general though, yeah, I saw a, a mix of television docs, Same. a couple features, tried to mix it up a little bit, but I mean, um, I guess in general, we're going to just kind of step through a couple things that we saw that we really liked, I guess. I guess we focus on the things that we liked, maybe. I don't know, depending on how yeah. much we saw. But um, I don't know. How do you want to? How do you want to? How do you want to approach this? You want to? Anybody want to start or crickets? Why don't you? Sure. Why don't you mention a few things? Just since you seem to have seen the most, Steve. <clears throat> um, all right. Yeah. You so I'll mention a couple. <clears throat> I'll mention a couple of the docs I saw, and and two specifically. I'll, I'll talk about briefly. Um, are are going to eventually one is already and one will eventually be on Disney Plus. Um, mm-hmm. Their Disney Plus productions. 
Um, the first one is um, called More Than Robots, which is actually okay. the one that's on Disney Plus now, which I thought was just super enjoyable. And it's basically um, a documentary about a uh, uh, a high school robotics competition. And it's just basically exploring um, this this um, robotics program called FIRST which was created by the guy, he's the scientist, among many things, he kind of invented or created the Segway. And that's how most people know him. But he basically created this competition where internationally these teams compete in a robotic competition. And um, it's just kind of exploring uh, robotics programming and like the implications uh, for the world as we know it. And also the impact that it has on the lives of children from varying backgrounds, socioeconomic status, financial means, all this kind of stuff. And um, I think it was directed by Gillian Jacobs, which is, um, Oh, wow. Yeah. was kind of surprising to see her name, but it, it, I think it's her, her debut as a director. Um, but I thought it was really entertaining and really good. And the fact that it's on Disney plus now, I just wanted to mention it for anybody that may sound interesting to you. And, it's cool too because I think during it, like the, the the big competition at the end, you know what it gets down to. It kind of follows these four teams um, from like Los Angeles, um, I think Mexico City, China, and Japan. I want to say, but um, you know, it, it shows the implications of of COVID. You know, COVID happens in this documentary, and um, you know, kind of sidelines some of the competition, and it shows how these kids you know, use their know-how with robotics programming to help communities and, and, you know, medical communities and things like that when COVID came about, which I thought mm. was pretty amazing just to see the real world application of it, just from like what a high school student could do with, with robotics, which was pretty awesome. Uh, and the other one that, I, that was uh, the one that, that I saw at the end of the festival was the um, Mickey, the story of a mouse, which I mentioned on last week's episode. Um, that's going to be a Disney plus program. It didn't have a date, but it's sometime, you know, this year. But that one's more of an exploration of like Mickey Mouse as a symbol, as an icon in culture and politics and society in general from the time of its creation to today. Um, it's a little it's a little soft because, you know, it's like a Disney Plus production. So it's like I don't mm. there's not a whole whole lot of time spent on like the 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 questionable parts of Mickey Mouse's history and Walt Disney's history and even Walt Disney Company, you know, the, as a business, um, mm. it, it is uh, some of it is mentioned in the documentary, but you know that's not the focus of it by any means. But as a Disney fan and of Mickey Mouse in general, like I found it really interesting to learn more about, um, you know, what Mickey Mouse served as during wartime efforts and things like that. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was fine, nothing special. But you know, for a Disney fan, especially with Disney Plus. It was one of the better documentaries that I think they put out, you know, of these docs that they put out on the service about like, you know, a peek behind the curtain of Disney. It was a little more, it went a little deeper um, than most of those do. Um, and some amazing like archival footage um, mm. and access to like some of the voices of Mickey Mouse and the cartoonists and the animators that have, that have been involved with animating him, um, you know, going back 60, 60 years. So, I mean, it's pretty cool who they talk to as well, but yeah. So those are the first two, I guess I'll mention just since they're both Disney stuff so that'll be on Disney plus for everybody to access. Um, what, what about you guys? What's something that you wanted to mention? Um, I want to talk about two Apple TV acquisitions that are just stuck in my brain. Um, one is cha-cha real smooth. 
which uh, was uh, done by a director. I think his name is Cooper Rafe. Yeah. Um, who did Shit Town, uh, which I, I haven't seen, but I heard it's really good. It is um, very good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. I'm glad I got somebody to confirm it. Um, yeah, like Cha Cha Real Smooth is about, uh, let's say, uh, a younger man child who decides that he wants to become like a, a party uh, starter for uh, bar mitzvahs, um, entertainer. Basically, with these during these things, they can be very boring. So they need somebody to kind of get people excited, get the kids dancing. And he's a super charismatic uh, party person who, who he's, like a, he's like a host. He's like a host. He's a host. Yeah. yeah. But it's who like a specific, it's a specific circuit. You're right, Ronald. Yeah. These, uh, these like bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah, like DJ hosts that have games and, yeah. and patter and everything that they yeah. do. There is like a, right. that's like a, an industry. It's like a hidden industry, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's I, 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 seeing... I came very close to working with a guy like that to design some software so he could have some oh. graphics behind him. But I, I, I attended a few uh, just to sort of, get a feel for what he was doing and it really was like wow this is like a whole this guy's got like a whole following but only yeah. in this world you only know in circle, yeah. yeah so it used to be like not a thing i knew about but i see it in like damn near anything that's like a, a jewish lead in it uh, or something like that. but anyway it's cool concept and he meets uh this young mother domino who has a kid named lola uh dakota johnson is the Mom and Vanessa Berta, Bertard uh, is the the kid who has autism, and it's about the relationship that develops between Vanessa, the child, and Dakota, and this character Andrew, who who is very charismatic, but kind of a man child. He's he's at this point. We've all kind of been there where we we have the adult voice, we have the adult body. But we don't have the adult life. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking and, about. Yeah. So seeing, you know, he falls in love with Domino and seeing this like intense, like puppy love that, you know, I've I can absolutely relate to having it at this age. He's like 21 or 22. Um, and he falls in love with this girl that's significantly older, and she has some complications that I'm not gonna ruin. Uh it's such a well done movie. She's a cyborg. Uh, she is a cyborg <laughs> from the till uh, Andrew's care. Um, but it, it's it's a tearjerker, man. Not just not just because it's anything sad about it, but it's just he taps into something that we can all relate to, you know. And it's it's effortless. It's a quick movie. I think it's a right at ninety minutes. Um, the soundtrack is incredible. Um, and it's just it's just a fun ride, see, especially when you see the kids in this story that kind of go to the <laughs> bar mitzvahs. You know, it's it's a it's a circle of friends and they go to each other's bar mitzvahs. When you see the relationships that some of these kids develop with Andrew, the lead um, played by Cooper Rafe, the the, um, the director, this thing is like it, if 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 it gets it, you know, if it gets submitted. It has a chance of winning something. The way that Coda felt, the way that Coda felt like an asteroid kind of came down and hit the, the cinematic universe that we exist in, uh, 
it feels that powerful of a movie. That's the first Apple pickup. The second one I wanted to talk about is They Call Me Magic. Get the fuck out of here. This thing is, it feels like it's fresh off the heels of the Michael Jordan documentary that came out on Netflix, which was powerful and great. But people forget that there was a man that was 6'9", that was a point guard at a time where there were not 6'9 point guards. There would not be a LeBron James. There wouldn't be a Charles Barkley. There wouldn't be some of these big figures that we know in sports had it not been for Irvin Magic Johnson. So when you see this is crazy because they get like Michael Jordan's on it. Obama's yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Clinton's in it. <laughs> it's yeah. like it, it's it's insane. And that's just some of the people, you know, it's it's one of the most powerful documentaries I've ever seen. And if and if you're watching winning uh, winning time, it feels like a companion piece. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like a really good kind of also watch because it's like you like mentioning the talking heads that they have. I I saw this as well. And I watched it Mm. on Apple TV. I saw the pilot at South (laughs) High. And and then I realized that it was we had access to it at that after that pilot premiered. But um, yeah, you're right. Like, I feel like the the talking heads in it are just like so diverse. And like Mm -hmm. and even the conversations that you see them having the, the filmmakers having with the those being interviewed. I think even the settings that they're in are unique and different. And it's not just like, you know, everybody's against this blank playing backdrop or whatever. Yeah. I just think that the the filmmaking of this documentary series is like really cinematic and very personal uh, to Magic Johnson and kind yeah. of really kind of catered to the story of, of, of his life. And I think that um, I think I don't know if he did the whole series, but I know he at least did the pilot. But uh, it's um, what's his name? Rick. Famuyiwa uh, is the guy who directed it. Mm. And um, I think, you know, he's just incredible. And I think that the, the, the series looks great. But I think I think one of the things that really stood out to me is like beyond the great interviews, beyond like just the amazing story that that is the story of Magic Johnson. And I am also watching Winning Time and, you know, just learning tons of information that I never knew, uh, mm. both about the Lakers in that Showtime era and and Magic Johnson as a player, as a person. But like this documentary series is a nice pivot because there's a lot of people being explored in that series. But like this documentary series really zones in and does give like that whole last dance treatment to Magic yeah. Johnson. And especially, you know, a year or two after everybody's talking about that, the last dance and, you know, how amazing it is and was when it came out. Um, I think uh, I think people are going to be talking about this a lot, too. And I mean, I think. Yeah you know, the things that you said, like the impact and changing the game that this player, this man had. Um, is, he is won crazy. his first year. He won his yeah, first crazy. year touching the NBA court. And yeah. what's, what, what differentiates this from the last dance, It's, um, it's I'm glad you brought that up, is there are far more of his contemporaries in it, yeah. which, which, which makes a difference. So if you understand that, like, at one point, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and every other person that you can think of were kind of competing at the same time. And they're talking about him in the documentary. It makes it feel a little different than say like, a, you know, they had a couple people in the last dance and there's no offense because I think the last dance is almost perfection. Yeah. But having more of his contemporaries so you understand who he was competing against at the same time. Cause the last dance kind of makes it seem like Michael Jordan obliterated everybody, which is <laughs> true on some level. Partially true. But he, yeah. <laughs> he got his ass kicked for like 
five years. Magic Johnson won the first year his feet touched the NBA court. And there has to be something like celebrated about that. That it's 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 something happened in the celebration of Michael Jordan that people forget that this man hit the NBA like a meteorite. And he changed the way that people play basketball. Yeah. Like uh there was there was no flash, there was no special, there was no behind the backs. There was no full court throws for dunks. Uh, the Harlem Globetrotters, Globetrotter, I'm sorry, <laughs> have been doing all that true. shit. And confetti. I, I forgot to mention Maybe confetti even into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> they even did it on Gilligan's Island and with Scooby-Doo. So I'm, t- I'm you know, don't, uh, I, I, won't, I won't stand for this forgot, Harlem Globetrotters erasure. <laughs> Asterix Harlem Globetrotters. But yeah, it's, it's a special documentary that's worth checking out, even if you don't like basketball. So that's the thing, like Last Dance, um, and they call me magic. I don't know if I, I got to be honest. The uh, the last dance doesn't look like this. I don't know what I don't know what kind of cameras they were using. I don't know what they yeah. were doing. That's what I was saying. Like, I feel like it looks really like, yeah, it looks amazing. What the f- what is Apple? Soundtrack doing right is now? amazing. Soundtrack is incredible. Out of this world. And, and in some really- ways, like, you know, as much as like I do, like, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, he's. Yeah. is is the probably the player but i mean like for me but i mean i think in some ways like just learning more about my magic johnson's story like even beyond basketball is even in in ways more interesting than the basketball of it all you know he's an and asshole think, just say it michael jordan was an asshole right right but i'm saying so it that, makes that a difference the, in the way that you think about exactly it. Yeah. that's right that's right and the magic johnson story is a little bit different because of that and i think you know these players make an attempt to like, you know, build an empire, build a business, build philanthropy, reach out to the community, give back to the community. And I mean, yeah. it could be argued that maybe, I mean, it could be argued that maybe nobody's done it better than Magic Johnson, you yeah. know, in, in certain ways. So. And I think yeah. that's really a big part of what this documentary has to say, or this documentary series has to say about him. Um, but yeah, that's, it's a must watch for sure. Whether you're a basketball fan or just, you know, curious to learn about like an icon. I think that yeah. that for it's a thing is a four part series yeah. um, that comes out soon on Apple TV. Plus, I definitely also recommend that for sure. Both of those are Apple TV programming. So like whoever the recruiter is, whoever's picking this stuff up is a fucking monster. Well, the cha-cha real smooth like that was the. I think they got that at Sundance, didn't they? Yeah, they got it at Sundance. And it, I think it, it won it like really it won like the big award at Sundance too. Yeah. You know. Thank which... you, South by Southwest, for picking it up and letting us watch it. So <laughs> anyway. Yeah, John, tell us what you what you checked out. Uh, you know, I had a lot of uh, life stuff happening last week, so I saw the least of all of us. But the ones that I saw I really liked. Uh, and um the one of which, I guess, since you mentioned a doc and Steve mentioned docs, um, I, I will follow up on. Uh, you guys remember I was talking about how much I was looking forward to seeing the Kids in the Hall comedy kids punks hall, yeah. Yeah. Uh, doc, um, and I was saying, is this going to be one of those glorified electronic press kit type movies, or is this going to be more akin to the Sparks Brothers, which, by all accounts, a lot of people saw that movie and enjoyed it. It it is a list of the things that happen in the history of that band. <laughs> So it's like what makes it engaging is the talking heads and the wit of the actual people. Um, and I would say this Kids in the Hall doc, uh, Comedy Punks, leans m- much more towards the Sparks Brothers than the electronic press kit sort of thing. It is Ooh. a sort of shorthand history of their whole thing. But I was sort of 
I loved it. I mean, the first time through, I'm a big fan of them. So, of course, I enjoyed seeing like footage of them now. The fact that they're all still alive and they can sit in a room together and they're still doing stuff and they can enjoy each other's company. It made this documentary fun to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it also has that air of, okay, you're, you're stopping at a certain point in your story to tell your story. So it's a bit of a victory lap. And these guys are all pushing 60 or something. And comedy is kind of considered to be a young person's game. You don't see that many 60-year-old comedy troops out there doing sketches. But it's an interesting notion to see that now. And the fact that they're back together now and they're doing a new, essentially a sixth season of their sketch show that ended back in the early 90s. And that's what they're new project is for Amazon, this documentary catches them right as they're doing that. So the, the movie kind of ends with the note that what's coming up next is this sixth season of the show. Um, but I, again, you think about the Sparks Brothers doc, and a lot of people loved that movie. I think far fewer people uh, bought the most recent Sparks album, and far fewer people maybe enjoyed that Annette movie that they did music for. I mean, I saw lots of people that loved it, and I know lots of people that love their albums. I'm saying that I think one of these documentaries it's kind of an interesting thing to do because it's like, well, this might become the best known thing you've done if this hits with audiences, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to become, I mean, the whole premise is these are kind of underground people. You know, Kids in the Hall have always been sort of like a, a comedian's comedian. People talk about them as an influence, but they never like took over the culture. Um, and Sparks is a kind of a similar thing. The, the longevity of the project is what makes it interesting. I don't know. I just found that kind of an interesting note. And I don't know if you guys had any thoughts about that, like almost like the pressure of you're getting a documentary made about you, your story's been told. So anything you do after that is sort of like, yeah. it's this next act of your career because you've done the right. sitting in front of a camera and looked back part. So yeah, it's, it, I don't know, it's an interesting thing to have a victory lap that also ends with a to be continued. Um, but if, you know, for fans of the of the comedy troupe, I would say this this is a great doc. I like that it didn't spend a lot of time exerting sketches. They, they, they use sketches almost to punctuate what's being said so that they have a, they, there's lots of great clips you can cut to if you have one of them say something. There's, there's a sketch, a line, a, a character beat they can cut to. But it does not try to spell out like the history of their comedy and all their famous sketches and all of their recurring characters, which in a way made it kind of fun because in 90 minutes, it moves really fast and they managed to get a lot of stuff in without ever mm. making it feel like, oh, we're just listing accomplishments or we're, we're just right. cataloging the history of <clears throat> of this thing so i think in that way it was successful as and like i said as a fan i turned around and watched it a second time i made my wife come down and watch it um there's some emotional stuff in there uh with uh, stuff they've been through and how they've kind of gone apart and come back together and i just think if you followed someone through their career you you eat that up and you love seeing people look happy and healthy and maybe past the most dramatic stuff. Like these guys yeah. appreciate each other now in a way that I don't think they ever did when they were doing their groundbreaking comedy. And this doc is kind of partially about them accepting like, oh, not only do are we lucky to have each other, but we're also lucky to have these fans, these weirdos who have stayed with us all this time. I don't know. It's kind of a nice thing to see creative people uh, stop and appreciate that stuff, you know? So that's awesome. But yeah, so Kids in the Hall comedy punks. Uh, I, the Amazon series is coming out this summer. I think this documentary, my impression is it's being broken into two episodes on Amazon. And that then oh, that wow. was like 
that that tees up the whatever they have coming on this new sketch show. Um, That's but you know, cool. they, for for funny guys who who stay in the public eye a certain amount, they've stayed pretty much like they they don't say a lot of embarrassing, cringy stuff. They seem to stay. They seem to get the whole don't complain about how you can't make jokes anymore. That that's the mm. line in the sand for me with with aging comedians is if if they make a big deal out of how you can't make jokes anymore because everyone's too PC, I sort of lose interest because to me that sounds mm. really lazy and it's like a boring criticism of today. But when people seem to know that you mutate and you grow, I mean I don't know. I'll be interested to see what what their idea of sort of subversive comedy is now that they are, you know, elder statesmen. So yeah, you got the doc and, and the series coming this summer. Um, so it's not an, it's not as glamorous as an Apple uh, TV uh, uh, acquisition, but it's Amazon. It's going to come out. So people, you know, it's not one of those documentaries you hear about that's going to take super long for you to get to see it. You'll see it in just a few months if you missed it at Ooh. the festival. Cool. But what do you guys cool. think about that? Just real quick, that idea of like stopping and having a documentary made about yourself. It almost feels like a narcissistic head trip to be involved in. But if you're an artist of a certain stature, it's like a, almost like a badge that you're interesting Definitely. enough to get this documentary. But like, would you say, wait until later, wait until I've done more, wait until I'm at, at more of a resting point? Or would you say, you know, document me now? <laughs> I don't think that you should ever not celebrate yourself. I, I'm I'm starting to get on hmm. this in this headspace where like you will never be celebrated as much as you'd like to. Sometimes you have to point people to the river. You know, sometimes you have to be like, <laughs> you know, it, it's a strange yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know, somebody could one day, Steve, one day somebody's gonna be talking to you, and they'll be like, "Look, you don't know anything about music," and you could be like, "I I made music." that yeah, appeared yeah. on things i'm gonna i'm gonna send you an episode of a thing that I, I i i just i'm not a real big fan of playing humble about that kind of thing because if you do you will never be mentioned if you don't want to be mentioned you will not be mentioned you know what i mean it's like it's like you put yeah you it don't get air. to pick that's a good point you don't get to don't pick get to, when people want to stop no. and, and like you may think i i, I don't do it now but it's like a week later who's who's asking <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. it's it's a strange it's a strange thing man like it, it like i'm not a big fan of like being like i'm really good at this thing but if somebody asks you can point to something you know to say yeah i, I do this thing and i'm pretty damn good at it so like I, it seems selfish it seems weird but i'm telling you man the way that things work if you don't document it it doesn't exist you you could have we we ourselves could have built a bridge in Baltimore, right? It doesn't matter if we don't if we don't if we're not shoveling the shit with a, with a picture of us right near the bridge. We never did it. It didn't exist. <laughs> and you're lying. And you're you're stupid for lying. And I'm not gonna make memes about you. It's like document it all. Is all. Have I'm you saying. ever waited? Have you ever waited? For to like, uh, I'm not going to call attention to myself. I'm not going to call, I'm not going to go for any glory. And then some bit had it snaked away. I can think of examples in, uh, in oh, creative life of yes. like, of Definitely. like nursing something too long, or this is the wrong time, or I'm going to talk yes. to that person later when I know more about this project. And yeah, it, it, you will never <laughs> feel stupider than when somebody snakes you on like a good idea mm -hmm. or a project or a connection or something like yeah. that. And you're like, well, someone I snossed, I lost, <laughs> you know, sure. and, and and Someone here's the last, more than me. Last thing I'll say about it. People exaggerate and bloat their catalogs and bloat their accomplishments. Why can't we do it? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like we 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 took a calculated risk during the course of lockdown that worked out and we cover more things than we used to. Right? Well, I tell people we're the most popular podcast in the world. <laughs> Why not? But I'm just yeah. saying, man, like people people do things like I did not realize that this was like that's the way that people operate. It's 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 like either you do it this way to get things or you don't get anything. So mm-hmm. like I, I it's not a, it's not anything against people that that are humble it's not that it's like if you want to get things you got to kind of jump out and say I, I do this i'm pretty good at it i i can provide a service so make the documentary about yourself so so you're saying you do you agree to do the documentary that i'm proposing about you absolutely <laughs> what's our angle <laughs> uh <laughs> maybe this is an off mic conversation <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I didn't mean to like go on this rant, but like it's, no, no, it's a I, real I, thing. I love that though. That's honestly something I was thinking a lot about because I've heard artists that have talked about like even like doing interviews or going on podcasts in this era that they're cagey about it because it feels like too much stopping and looking yeah. back or stopping and navel gazing or whatever. And I get, I get that, but I do know that what you're talking about is true. That when when I have I have gone I have even gone for things I didn't really want to be involved in just because I thought one day no one's asking and I'll be sad I didn't take an opportunity to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a project I don't think I'm right yeah. for. I'll still try sometimes because it's such a great thing to be asked. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you just, can't take that for granted. People can be so cagey about their shit, man. They can be so weird. And, you know, the 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 only measure of this stuff is like work, right? Whatever work is of being seen and all that stuff. And I'm my whole mentality is, has changed about that so drastically because people are so weird about that you know it's important that you celebrate yourself it's important that you love on yourself it's important that you put it out there that you acknowledge it that you put it in the world or it's just gonna be you're just gonna be you know ronald the comic that did some shit one time at one place like that one time yeah like that name ronald the comic that did some shit one time but that yeah. speech is going in the dock too, by the way. Yeah. I'm going to start doing stand up again. So like, it's, it's something I've been thinking about real heavy duty. Like I, you know, I, I love, I love doing this podcast and I love doing stand up, and I love doing music. And I realize that like, you gotta, you gotta put it out there that you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so it. in that way, we're kind of like the kids in the hall. Is that what you're saying? Hell yeah. We're the kids <laughs> in the hall. We're the kids in the, in the baby room. <laughs> the kids on zoom <laughs> kids on zoom uh so what else did you guys see yeah. at the festival um i did want to mention two things real quick go yeah, yeah. you have anything go ahead. no go ahead yeah, cheese cheese which is a cheese this 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 story uh about it, it takes place in jamaica it's about a guy that works in a cheese factory um that decides that he wants to sell weed by hiding it in cheese that he's created but the effect of it is that the cheese kind of ferments the weed in some weird way it makes it even more powerful so it becomes like cheese weed and he becomes very popular (laughs) it's a strange it's a very strange it's a singular vision that i've never seen See, that sounds like slang for bad weed though to be like oh man we we got some cheese weed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it does, man. It, it's it's um, it's this director, uh, Damian Marcano. Uh, it's it's a really small, 
role. I mean, really small movie that is filmed beautifully and is weird. It uses subtitles in a way that I just have never seen. So imagine if you used every text effect in in like uh, Premiere. It like it, it goes this way. It goes upward. It goes this way. It's like the text comes in every way, each, which way that you could think of. Because the Jamaican accents are, you know, at some points, because it's so, the, the, the speech is so fast, sometimes you just need some text. But Cheese is a modern miracle of a movie. I don't understand how it got made, how these people remain sober enough to edit it. And then the last one. <laughs> Linoleum, Linoleum, which was a movie starring uh, the comedian. Why can't I Jim remember Gaffigan. his name? Jim Gaffigan. Jim, Gaff- Jim Gaffigan. And Ray Seahorn from uh, Better Call Saul. <clears throat> yes. Indie, odd, sad. I, I, I must have been weepy, man. This When you realize what's happening in this weird movie where a ship kind of hits this guy's place, when you realize what the meaning of all of it is... This is one of your picks, Steve. How, how did you like it? It, it, it is, and I was going to mention it too. Yeah, I. I, I it love- is. Well, that was yeah. It was one of the ones from last episode. I picked it as a must see for me. How'd you feel about the end? Did it make you feel? I, I love the movie, and the end completely broke my heart. Okay, okay. So uh, it it messed me up bad. Yeah, it really. Like- it really. It really got me. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Basically, the story is you know Jim Gaffigan plays this. You know. Um, you know, failed or at least attempted to be an astronaut is now, you know, a scientist and has like a PBS level, you know, science show, much like, you know, I don't know, uh, Beekman's world or like, you know, uh, some, something like that. Um, and, you know, in, in way, in some ways is kind of seen as some sort of failure in, in his own eyes, at least. Um, but yeah, like a rocket crashes in his yard and he kind of sees it as a, uh as a a way to maybe reclaim some of that uh desire of what he wanted to be um and he tries to build a rocket out of its remains and while doing that some of these some things some weird things start to happen um kind of in in his life and his family's life and uh, in and around him but yeah the last probably 15 minutes of the movie where it kind of all gels together i think exceptionally well um and and really kind of what is happening in the movie kind of comes into focus is really I thought was so powerful. And I mean I was yeah. I was a mess. I was a mess. I was I was too, um, like Yeah. I think yeah. he's great in it. Ray Seahorn is always great. Um Jim Gaffigan plays, you know, the main character himself, you know, of the film, but you know, there's a there's another character that pops up in the movie that he also plays that looks a lot like him but isn't him. Um mm you know, that I thought was really kind of interesting. And uh, yeah, I don't know what the release plan I was about to make a really is. bad reference. Maybe you guys don't know. It was, uh, do you guys know the movie Cloak and Dagger with Henry Thomas? Yeah. I was yeah, going to say, yeah, is yeah. this like a Jack Flack situation where, where Dabney Coleman was, <laughs> was the dad, but he was also Jack Flack, the kind of fantasy figure? Is that, is that a, what it a was little, like? A little bit, oh. but probably in the opposite direction. Like, okay. you know, uh, in terms of just being a really nice guy and being an asshole. Uh, um, yeah. uh, yeah. but yeah, uh, um, I don't know what the release plan is. Um, if it got picked up for any kind of wider distribution, but, um, yeah, this was probably one of the better, like one of my top two or three that I th- feel like I saw. I really, and, and like the child, like the child slash teen actors in the movie, I thought were just great. 
Um, and uh, I, I hope it gets some sort of VOD release or I don't know, some sort of maybe a smaller rollout. Cause um, I think, you know, everybody in it's just great. And I think the, yeah. the way that that last 15, 20 minutes of the movie hits, um, I think it could really surprise a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I thought linoleum was great. It looked cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I think it's... you would really like it, John. I think you'd really like it a lot. Um, honestly, mo most of the other things I was going to mention are like kind of a lot of the docs that I mentioned in last week's episode. I, I thought Fire Love was great. That's the one that National Geographic's distributing about the the husband and wife, the crafts that like you know basically volcanologists who followed all these volcanoes and explored them and documented them died doing so. But it's just kind of an exploration of their relationship, their history, what they did for the field and you know kind of how that uh lives on and just i uh, thought was great <clears throat> really interesting and, uh, and uh, amazing like just insane footage that you cannot believe is captured in, and forever will be you know exists because of what they decided to do um there was a doc called the thief collector which i thought was really good that is um mm -hmm. documentary you about a what's that what happened? That was a weird documentary to me, man. You didn't like it? This is my this is my issue. It had all the things that make a good documentary. I, I never thought I'd ever say this. I just wish the people at Netflix would get their hands on it. Shave it, it down. Like it feels like 30 minutes. I, I kind of felt that way watching it that I feel like this yeah. could be one of those Netflix docs. This could be so um, good. Um, but the story is pretty wild. It basically is just it is. about how. In like 80, in 1985, like this really famous painting uh, went missing from a museum at the uh, University of Arizona, and um, I guess 30 years later or so, um, somebody came across it in like an estate sale, like at you know for this couple that had passed away, and uh, one of you know these these groups these these people that buy these estates and kind of go through and kind of take apart you know piecemeal and, and sell it all off. They came across the painting in this couple's home behind a door in their bedroom and like on the wall and um, basically kind of came to find out about how they stole this painting and all the other crazy shit that they had done um, over the years, you know, stealing stuff of pieces, works of art, statues, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and what could maybe there's no way to really know definitely happened because they're both gone and. Um, there's some there's some writings that the one gentleman like had written while he was alive, some fiction novels that he wrote that seemed to mirror what they were doing in real life. They're just kind of bonkers and crazy and just super. I, I found to be super interesting. It um, needs to be a movie that needs to be a movie. It's so right. genius, man. And the way they reenact some of the some of what they are uh, kind of putting together that had happened, like Glenn Howerton is, is like in it and plays like the, the, the husband, the guy. Um, which I thought was just really fun and funny, but yeah, I, I didn't really know much about that. I kind of just put this one on. I, I saw somebody post about it on Twitter and uh, I was really pretty cool. Um, but but the, that I saw that I thought may have been the best one I saw was called nothing lasts forever. Mm. Um, and topically I, I didn't really have, I was like, eh, okay, whatever. It's basically a documentary about <clears throat> diamonds and the collision of natural diamond industry versus synthetic diamonds and like basically how synthetic diamonds have like disrupted this industry the jewelry mm -hmm. and like you know rare gems and things like that um 
and synthetic like these, diamonds. Yeah, synth, like lab made diamonds. Um, and how like basically you can't tell them apart and they're so much cheaper, but they sell them as if they're diamond diamonds, like natural diamonds. And it's kind of, and it's very cinematic the way it's made. And, um, like, you know, the people that are being interviewed are from these two camps, you know, the the naturals versus the synthetics and, you know, they have their reasons for whatever they believe. And, and I don't know, it's just crazy. Like when you think about an industry like that, that, you know, you know, on one hand is built on like this, like horrible labor practices and questionable means of acquiring all, all these things and overpricing. And, and then you have somebody in the synthetic world who, you know, they're, they're, they're using science to make these things and, wow. you know, on scales economically that are like way more profitable and like insanely like lucrative and you can't tell the difference to the most part. And they're even more pure in ways than natural diamonds. So they don't have a lot of the imperfections. And it is crazy. Oh. Like I found, like I, oh. I thought I learned too much hmm. finding a diamond to buy Aaron when I proposed to her. Yeah. But like I learned even more and, and probably too much watching this, you know, in, in ways. But it was captivating. I was like completely entertained the whole way through it. And it, yeah, and it, it is entertaining. Um but again, I'm not sure of a release strategy for that. Like, we'll, we'll probably circle back on some of this stuff as we learn more. But yeah. um, that was called Nothing Lasts Forever. And I, I thought that was probably, I saw a lot of docs and it, it might be the best one I saw at the festival. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was great. Cool. Um, that's it for me. I don't, I don't, I, that's yeah, about I don't all know. That feels good. I mean, you know, in, I, yeah. so thank you, couple, South by Southwest. Yeah. <clears> thank oh. you so much. So much, so much. It was great to. Didn't mean to cut you off you can, though, Steve. No, no, no. I was like, the, I saw a lot of other things, but I think those are the real standouts to me. And I hopefully, you know, some of them we mentioned are already on Disney or Apple or coming to soon. Uh, but the ones that we don't really know much about, or even Amazon, like you said, John. Um, that we don't know enough about right yet right now maybe we'll follow up and you know as we learn just kind of remind everybody if these things do get do get released or you know are available on a service that maybe you have um because you know these are the standouts to all of us so but yes thank you south by southwest continue doing this virtual option you know this online presence is amazing um you know the fact that we've been able to do this in some way you know with a with multiple festivals over the past couple of years is just uh this is awesome man i, I love it I yeah love it. can you imagine if 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 covet calms down a little bit next year uh, yeah why well, I mean, we, 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 we were talking about that last year it was like let's go yes yeah. you know and maybe yeah. maybe next year if it's uh if it's safe and, and, and everybody's comfortable and we get cleared for this we should definitely do that like that would be yeah. amazing the level of passes that we got this year was like damn near we could have access to anything so like yeah thank you so much to south by southwest man you guys yeah um i want to say that they're doing it right but i guess it's really just that they understand the value of movie schmovie so yeah yeah <laughs> they had the movie schmovie clause they started it last yeah. year <laughs> and like you gotta these guys these pumping guys, out shit out gold these days so uh what have we been watching on a personal side i know we we did the festival well i'll, I'll bridge uh, with a movie that i saw that was at the festival but was not one of the online selections but i saw it in the theater because it's out it came out in the world i guess shortly after minutes after excuse me <laughs> it, it it came out in at the festival and that is the new thai west erotic slasher uh called x 
Um, and, uh, you know, I, I thought it was, this is an interesting movie. I definitely feel like this is like, if people are fans of Ty West, I bet more people are fans of the first movie house of the devil than almost anything else he's done. Mm. Now I liked the innkeepers as well. I know that's a divisive movie, but I also know that even amongst people that loved house of the devil, I know people that thought innkeepers was good and that, that had problems with it. And then after that, I don't know. I don't know that he's made anything that has really gotten my attention since then but this feels it's similar to house of the devil in the sense that it's got like um it's it, it itself it, it's set in the 70s and it kind of feels like it was made in the 70s like the, the way it's filmed and the, okay. the acting and everything it really feels the way that house of the devil felt like a kind of a perfect late 70s early 80s horror movie kind of like that you just never saw and here's the, here it is this yeah. feels like sort of it's going for that exploitation slasher and kind of porn, you know, feel because it is, it's about people making a porn, uh, and it making a porn, making porn It's about people making a pornographic film. Uh, but, but it's, but it's overlaid with a slasher idea. So it's got little elements of like, you know, anytime you think of like, uh, boondocks kind of slasher, like Texas chainsaw or Hills have eyes where it's like, people are out in the wrong part of the country. They shouldn't be out here in the middle of nowhere. Um, but the premise of this one, I mean, it kind of, it 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 speaks for itself. It's a porn crew that has rented a, a house <laughs> on the guy's property. And and they're sort of secretly going to be filming a, a, a porno on, in, in this guy's, well, in the, not this guy, it's an older couple, but they've had an interaction with a man who's there, but it's an old man and an old woman who live in a house and like their guest house or guest cabin, which is like across a field from their house is where this, this porno crew is staying and they're going to be filming their movie. And they haven't told the people that own the property that that's what they're going to be doing. And then hijinks ensue when the crazy old couple starts to realize that these, these you know, young weirdo or they're filming a sex film and uh and yeah and and people die um but i don't know it was it was like way more kind of aggressively uh er, like the porno side of it like there's a lot of graphic sex sort of in this without being full on but i mean it's like a lot of long scenes of people grinding on each other and uh kid cuddy is in it and he kind of walks around naked it seems like for half the movie um but uh, I don't know. I mean, it definitely had a lot of... It's like, if you're hearing this description, you might be facing the same thing that I was. Just like, it's a movie that you watch partially going like, I kind of want to see what happens. I just want to see what this yeah. thing shakes out and how it turns out. And like, the, the, it's a rare occasion in a case like this to get like a little bit more backstory, a little bit more character from the, what you might call villains in a slasher movie. Um, no, I, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I think it would be really fun to talk with you guys about. I think this is the kind of movie that people are going to be talking about when it comes out. But it definitely also has us. Uh, it really that Ty West feel for like, for like pastiche is is on full display. So I think that some of the things about it that feel kind of like you could say, oh, some of the acting is a little over the top, but it feels really of a piece with the kind of movie that it's trying to be, like a, a little bit grindhouse, a little bit dirty, a little bit cheap, you know? Um, and there's a certain amount of humor involved in the way that certain things happen, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, if all that sounds intriguing, I think a lot of people are going to are gonna enjoy this movie. And I know it got a pretty good critical response, too, coming out of the festival. People are sort of high on the idea of just, it's skillfully made. Like, there's a couple of scenes that are really well done. I, I think if I had anything to kind of knock against it, I would say that, like, I don't know, the inventiveness of the kills, I kind of expected the, the the kills to just be consistently inventive and gory, and they weren't really. They were kind of sudden, and there's one in particular that really is gross, 
uh, and violent. But um, in general, I would say that was the only kind of weakness of it for me is once it gets, once it ramps up, some of the kind of skill of how the story's being told starts to slip a little bit. But I think still right up to the end, there are interesting moments. Uh, and it's got one of the weirdest post-credit scenes of, of any movie I've ever seen. Um, so, so there. X. Can I ask you a question? A twenty four has no, kind of no, said no that questions. this is their this, this is going okay, to be I'll their first question. A twenty four has announced that it's pretty much going to be their first franchise. There's another one coming out. Okay, well that is it the, good enough. Post credit scene sort of hints at that. Okay, I would say because uh, that's the first thing I heard about way way when like when it first got screened. Right? Do you want to see the the next one? That's the I guess that's the most important thing. Like you saw this one. Is it good enough for you to want to see the second one? I think that the way the tone of the little sneak peek you get of where this franchise could be going is not doesn't feel as as crafted as the movie that oh, you just saw. But okay. I don't know if that's just because of the nature. And I don't want to say too much more, but I will say that the, the where the where the next movie, where the sequel uh, or prequel as it might be seems to be going, I do think I think I could be made to feel I'm like I'm interested in seeing that movie. The little glimpse that we get of it though did not interest me that much. But it does okay. feel like the kind of it's a premise that feels like they could get more than one movie out of it if not maybe for some of the seemingly final events of this movie <laughs> but but it, i don't know i i think it's one of those things where yes you could feel that maybe for an a24 movie this feels a little bit like this is not trying to do the elevated horror thing the only thing kind of elevated okay. about it is that it does have that stylistic pastiche of being a throwback but it does not have it does the and the other thing is maybe someone would watch it saying it takes a long time to get to the killing but a lot of old slashers take a long time to set up characters before stuff gets in it's kind of a slow burn until it's just absolutely not that type of movie at all. But yeah, I don't right. know. I, I read a little bit about that, Ronald, after I saw it, and I, I'm interested to know that they sort of have already filmed, like they kind of secretly filmed, I think, the follow-up to this movie. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see it, but the glimpse we got did not look mm. as as tightly crafted as the movie we just saw, so it almost feels like it's going for a more garish, uh, schlocky tone than this movie, which was kind of artfully garish and schlocky. Right, right. I don't know. So yeah, I'm 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 a little interested. I, I I'll I'd probably end up seeing it, but no. When this movie ended, did, did I need it to have any more to it? I didn't necessarily. I wasn't craving more. Um, gotcha. Got to the end, but okay. Yeah. Just wondering. Um, what about you, Steve? What have What have you been? Um, I'll recommend a couple things. These are um, so Jackass Forever is on Paramount Plus, and um, comes so on many DOT. penises. VOD so next week. many penises. <laughs> Maybe somebody would think not enough penises. I don't know. I mean, who would say? You're right. You're right. I, but I will right. say, I just want to thank the sweet Lord Buddha, Tom Cruise, whoever it is, for Jackass, because um, you know, I needed I needed this movie this week. Yes. I needed to watch this. That's I needed to pick me up. I needed a laugh. Um uh I I have said before I've I love the Jackass fran the show, the TV, you know, the, the 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 film franchise, whatever it is, anything that Jackass is involved with, I love. Um and some of those movies were like some of my favorite movie going experiences in theaters. But um I wish I could have seen this in a theater with an audience because I feel like it probably played extremely well. Um but watching it at home was just as joyful for me. Just um just uh you know, just <laughs> The journey of of seeing the layout of a terrible thing about to happen, watching the <laughs> terrible thing happen, 
uh, you know, people people watching the terrible thing happen, then their reaction to it. Yeah. It's just, and then me watching it all reacting to it. It just is like, just thank God for Jackass is all I'm saying. And if you yeah. like Jackass, haven't seen it yet, I can't recommend it enough. Um, you know, there, there there's a couple, there's a couple skits, stunts, whatever you want to call them, that are some are just I think incredible and um, maybe some of the better things that Jackass has ever done um in this movie um so yeah if it's on it's on i think it's on paramount plus now and i think it's going to like a vod platform um starting next <clears throat> next tuesday um okay if you don't have that you can get it next week uh, in a rental situation or, or to purchase it digitally um also i wanted to recommend a movie called fresh which is on um which is on um hulu, hulu. Yeah. Uh, yes, this is um, a movie that was also played at Sundance that had a pretty big showing and a lot of positive response. But um, this is a movie uh, directed by, um, I think it's Mimi Cave and starring Sebastian Stan. Definitely a Sebastian Stan that, I mean, I don't know. He's Pam on and a Tommy run. Is one, yeah, Pam and Tommy is one one way you haven't seen him before. And this is probably the other side of it. Um, and then Daisy Edgar Jones, who most people probably know from uh, normal people series um but yeah i mean we kind of like watched this I, I had been told uh from someone that saw it at sundance like don't don't read about it don't don't try to try to avoid it so i won't say anything in this comment here outside of just like you know what what's in the byline about what it's about you know modern dating uh and you know people people hooking up people dating people getting to know one another and really uh, getting to know one another in ways that you never, <laughs> you, you never, you never want to see, I'll just say. Uh, but I thought it was really kind of uh, interesting, funny, uh, some really, really tense scenes. And uh, both Sebastian Stan, I, I think he's incredible in it. And also Daisy Edgar Jones is just fantastic. Um, but again, that's on Hulu. And, I, and this is something that like Aaron watched with me like just on a whim and she was like and she actually was like not sure she wanted to watch it um as you kind of get into the movie and kind of see what's happening but by the end of it she was like wow i think i really like that movie and you know it's kind of like that kind of experience it's, it's a ride for sure yeah it definitely um, is <clears throat> uh but yeah that's on hulu um and i thought that was pretty great and the other thing i just wanted to mention briefly um i think we talked about it on a prior episode but i, I did get to watch a lot of up until the final episode of, of Apple TV, um, Apple TV's new series Severance with Adam Scott, mm -hmm. um, which I fucking love. And I am so angry that I can't watch the finale. It's just, it's killing me. And um, now it's that thing where I'm like waiting five weeks or whatever it is to be able to finish this, this season. Um, but we talked about it briefly and I'm sure maybe once it all wraps up and we've all seen it, we can talk about it more, but you know, if you're looking for kind of a, an odd bird of a series um, like Adam Scott, some dark kind of suspense, thrillery, shadowy business figures, whatever. Kind of sci-fi, uh, but not sci really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sci-fi, definitely. Um, I can't recommend that enough. And again, to mirror or echo what Ronald said earlier, I really do think like Apple's got, got you know, a run going. Like they have some yeah. amazing programming coming up and um you know even this weekend you know the oscars are this weekend and we're talking about a lot of things with apple like you know acquiring coda last year getting cha-cha real smooth the magic zaki series this series 
there's a lot of really exciting things happening for Apple, um, the, the the streaming platform that they have. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens with Coda this weekend and, and, its, and its performance at the Oscars. But I just think this is another series that I just feel like more often than not, when I get into these Apple series, I'm just like, wow, these are really good. And I just uh, like the after party I thought was great. And, and this too, I think it's just, um, just really, really good. And I can't wait to see how the season ends in a couple of weeks, but um, it's yeah, so unusual. Those are things. It is. It's, it really it is. is. I, I was thinking about it um, just today. Cause I was getting ready for this conversation. I was, I knew you had watched it and I was hoping we would at least mention it. And I was thinking like, what is it that about that show? Y- you can't just watch it the way you can certain things. You have to really lock into it. Like, yes, it's got such a mood and such a feel you can't like have it on and let it kind of grab you. I mean, it'll do that because it's arresting looking, but to really follow it and to really find it emotional, you have to be clued in. You have to really pay close attention to what these interesting, strange things are that are happening. And yeah. um, and the thing that I really noticed was that like, it's got, it's like every moment in it is kind of unique because the situations are so different. Like, there's not a single scene that takes place in a normal situation that isn't in- affected by these weird things that are going on. So, like, every moment is a unique moment that I don't think could happen in a different show or a different scenario. Do you know what I'm talking about, Steve? Yeah, like, yeah, These definitely. weird little human interactions. It can be some weird little office interaction between two characters, and you'll think, well, that's a little bit like observational comedy of a workplace that we've seen before, but we've never seen this moment before because... Even someone looking over their desk at the other person, what they're doing for a moment. We haven't quite seen this before because what's going yeah. on in this place is so mysterious and what they're all doing and the secrets that everybody is kind of keeping on their own cognizance. Like everybody has their own adherence to the rules and their own way of being secretive. And if you don't know what we're talking about, the show has a really simple concept, which is just these characters work in a place that has performed a procedure called severance, which is... Um, that when you go into the workplace, something happens where you, your life outside the workplace is forgotten and you only remember memories formed in the workplace. And then when you leave, those memories stay in the workplace and you go back to your life before. So at first it seems like, oh, this is about work-life balance. But then in a way it's like plot-wise, it's not this philosophical thing about work-life balance. It's this thing about why does this company not want you to be able to remember what you're doing? What is it about the work that's being done here that they don't want you to go home and have it on your conscience or on your mind? And it's like, suddenly it's like you are, by creating this severed version of yourself that exists in this workplace, you're creating a kind of prisoner uh, in this place. It's really twisted and interesting. And like I said, it makes every interaction weird. And I think by the time you get to the fifth, sixth episode, you're so in it that you're just kind of what you said, Steve, you could just, it's just excellently made. I don't know. I, yeah. I, feel, I really, I know when I first started talking about it, I was saying to people that's kind of slow paced, bear with it. But the more I've seen with it, yeah, I mean, I just, I agree with you, Steve. It, 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 it's not like every episode is this distinct, great episode of television, but definitely when it gets to the end of an episode, it's a, it's like that 24 trick that I used to notice. Yes. Like, well, now I have to watch the next one because you've, you've done something before you went to black yeah. that is like a major step. Um, and there's one moment, I don't want to over talk this, but there's a moment in one of the later episodes where Adam Scott has just seen something upsetting and he's leaving work and you witness the moment in the elevator where his feelings from work are wiped away. And he goes from like sad and crying to like dead eyed. And then you mm-hmm. witness him coming back to work the next day and he goes from dead eyed and then he goes back to that place and all the memories from work come back and you see him have sadness on his. It's, I mean, just from an acting standpoint and a shooting standpoint, it's so, yeah, it's so he's creative. Great. He's yeah. great in this. Yeah. 
Everybody, yeah. I mean, short cast. Yeah, John Turturro is doing amazing work. Christopher Walken is so likable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That actress, I wish I don't have her name on the tip of yeah, my tongue, but she's I amazing. I was just trying to think of her name. Is she British? I feel like everybody's British. I'm not sure. <laughs> everybody's British <laughs> pretending to be American. Yes. <laughs> that, that, or that, Australian that, right. pretending but, to be. Yeah, Australians do Americans better than anybody, you know, somehow. That's what Aaron said. Aaron, <laughs> look, I'm, I just finished Euphoria. Okay, okay. This. Okay, okay we're, doing it. we're doing it. <laughs> her, her name is her name is Britt Lower, and she's from Chicago or she's from Illinois. Okay. Okay, so she's actually from here. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so she was Severance lying is, when she told Ronald she was British. She lied to me <laughs> on that date from years ago before I was married and met Aaron. Uh yeah, it's Severance is really cool. It also help it also makes you think about how your experiences affect who you are as a person. Yeah. And to be stripped of that and and have two different versions of yourself based on those separate experiences, you become a different person. You, your trajectory yeah. as a human being changes because of it. So that's it's heavy, but it's also really easy to watch. It's gorgeous. It's really beautiful. It's it's, 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 yeah, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous show. Um, now I guess I'll rattle off some things that. Yeah, that what I've you been got? Watching. I don't like like close yeah. us out here with what you got. <laughs> Amy Schumer, you piece of shit! How could you do this to me? You wrote me into a show, Life and the Oscars. Beth. Oh, Life and Beth. Oh, and Oscars. <laughs> Life and Beth on Hulu is a great show. And it was not what I was expecting. It, you know, I've seen stuff she's done before, which was kind of like swung towards weird and vulgar. And like, this is that, but like with the best storytelling that she she's done so far, you know, wow. um, between her and um, what's the kid's name? Michael Sarah. Uh, the, the chemistry that they have on screen together is so good. It's so subtle. It's what real love feels like. It's like, you know, sometimes you watch movies and you see love depicted as like, sure, it can be this like, you know, your heart kind of pumping out of your chest and you speaking in poems. But in real life, most of the time, it's like an unexpected connection that kind of marinates in you and then slowly becomes something super intense, which this kind of felt like, you know, you can kind of see Amy Schumer playing it in a way that feels so realistic that this is like one of my favorite shows in the last couple of years. Wow. Um, one, my second pick is a nature show um, that I don't know how everybody can access it, but I know that uh, PBS has it. And I know, I think BBC America has it. If you access that, the green planet, Jesus Christ, that's all I'm going to say. It's, it's gorgeous. It, it, it tackles, nature from all different angles so how the plants fight how the how the animals deal with the plants how the you know it's like it's a gorgeous gorgeous interweaving of things and there's a new camera uh approach that they have where it, it basically they use these microscopic cameras that get to go into like ant paths and things like that so like the view that you see is not like you've seen before it's like in 4k it's insane. It's also Atmos. So like, it's like, you got Atmos. a whole forest. You got a whole damn forest. <laughs> the green planet is crazy. My last pick, Amy Poehler. 
what the fuck are you doing in my life? She did one of the best documentaries I've ever seen in my life. And that's in Lucy life. and Desi. In my life. In your life. Lucy and, Lucy and Desi is one of the better documentaries I've ever seen. Uh, of Especially of any comedic sort of nature. You know, um, it tackles Lucy and Desi Arnaz in a way that I just have never seen. Because, it, you know, you always kind of focus on like... <sighs> Lucy's incredible, but it really never tackled the complication of who she was as a person, how their dynamic affected their work. And Amy Poehler, being an active uh, comedian that happens to be a woman, seems to handle this with a care that I just have never seen uh, the subject matter of love in the workplace, love you know, in general and being as productive as humanly possible because she was like doing so much, you know, there would be no Star Star Trek without Desi. There would be no, you know, it's like things like that. Like these are things I knew, but seeing, you know, how these people work together and how, you know, even after they broke up, their, their love still extended to these really deep gestures. Desi worked with Lucy like after they got divorced. He still wanted her to win. She still wanted him to win. I, I, you just, it's a, it's an intense love story. And when you find out the last conversation that they had before Desi died, whew, whew, uh, I bawled <laughs> like a baby. Um, Lucy and Desi is on Amazon Prime. Uh, it is a masterpiece. I want to see everything that Amy Poehler does for the rest of her life. I need her to to touch this documentary space again because she I, I just, you know, I watch a lot of, I watch, you know, I love comedy. So I watch a lot of comedy docs and it kind of feels like sometimes they aren't handled with the care that like a thief selling artist handled for some reason. When these are like people that have affected the culture deeply, Amy Poehler captured this in a way that I just, it deserves some awards. Yeah, cool. I have to watch it. Very, yeah, man. Very interesting. So, so, so Amazon. So they have the being the Ricardos too, right? That's two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah two, that's funny. They have both of those yeah. titles. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, this um, one's this one's great. Awesome. That's what I. That's that. what I pretty much watched, man. I have to add that to my queue. I want to see that now. Yeah. And big, winning time. Big, big, big Lucy fan. Yeah, you'll you'll like it. It'll make you watch other things. It'll make because they have this forum that she did uh, at a university that they show a clip of. It's like an mm-hmm. open forum after she retired, where she's talking to a bunch of students. If you watch that after after it airs, like they show like a real small clip of it. It's on uh, YouTube. She is fucking incredible. Like she's such a charismatic person, full of amazing stories. And hearing how she helped people after after she stopped being as active as she was, like the people that she helped, the way she helped right. people. Good God, man. Cool. I'll just throw out there that we've been enjoying uh, Our Flag Means Death over here. Too. Oh, my God. That's so good. It's like it's. I don't like, know why I didn't mention, especially it. when you give it a like. Now that it's in its eighth episode, and when you start yeah. to get a feel for what it's really doing, you know, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. I think like it's it's like oh, I was laughing at the kind of, uh, 
you know, British style, that whatever that New Zealand style of comedy is that sort of reminds yeah. us of yeah. our favorite, like, you know, Monty Python or whatever, when they would do like a, a, a biblical epic and they would riff on it. Like this yeah. feels like it's going to do that. It's going to be the pirate show that riffs on pirate stuff, but it's doing its own little sincere storyline with real characters that you like. It reminds me of the office like it remind because <laughs> Reese Darby's character is kind of like Michael Scott or David Brent in that he's a fool <laughs> more Michael Scott even because he's a likable fool whose yeah. crew kind of puts up with him and loves him and his goal is to be like the cool guy who everybody likes and he yes. can't ever pull that off but he's not such a failure that you want to spit on him and kick him you know you kind of root yeah. for him and I was like this is very much like a Steve Carell energy the way that the way that he made Michael Scott sort of like you kept you, you for some reason you couldn't hate him and you couldn't think uh, I, this guy's a loser you know there's something about Reese Darby's gentleman pirate character that's just funny like that but Taika Waititi is doing some really funny work as as Blackbeard and kind of revealing this like soft underbelly of this I mean the relationship between the two of them is very fun the supporting cast it just grows as it goes like when it first starts it, you got to give a comedy time to give its get its footing but as it has now left off after the eighth episode I guess when this when this podcast comes out there will have maybe been two more that have dropped dropped um uh you know it's got a little storyline that's cooking and there's sort of enemies are amassing against our 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 group of idiots and so it's going to be kind of fun to see how this show takes the the sort of serious stakes and pays them off but i think probably still keeping intact the the group of uh you know misfits that we are following yeah. so yeah our flag means death I'll, I'll, okay i, I want to mention one two two things uh I didn't feel like it was my show because Aaron, it's Aaron's primary show. And I kind of, when she starts it up, I come into the room when I hear it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's incredible. It's really good. Samson KL who plays uh, Olawati. Uh, he has a, he's so he's great. What you have to understand about this show is like, they've recruited people who have like an incredible following in London. Uh, Samson is one of those guys and he does a, a uh, hospital like comedy called Bloods that I'm a huge fan of that I wanted to mention. That's a little harder to get, um, but it's about he's a para, he's, he's he's a paramedic with an older lady, an older white lady who he believes that he has no connection to in any way, shape or form. But he finds out that she also she's more sexual than him. She is crazier than him. And uh, it, it's this cool ass bond. But he also is incredible in the show. And it's like they handpicked people from British shows that I want to mention on the show that I don't want to like, because you got to Joel for Fry, that actor, he was on Game of Joel Thrones. Frenchie? He's great. He's great. He's honestly great. I, I mean, like, he's one of my favorite guys Dude. to watch. He's his comic timing. I even just like his voice. I'm sort of like, yeah. I hope he reads audio books right? or something like that. Huh? Yes, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. wasn't Corella. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Steve, yeah. You, did you see it? Have you seen it yet? Well, my, my only input is that, like, this is the perfect example of too much content because I had no yeah, idea this even came out. You yeah. will love this. Have, they didn't promote it very well, to be I honest. Have no, I had no idea. Even in talking amongst us, I had no idea this show was out. Yeah. We talked about this show like a yeah. while ago when they said yeah. Taika was going to be Blackbeard. I was like, yeah. this sounds amazing. No yeah. clue. No clue that eight episodes were already available. Yeah. Well, now you know. I'll be watching it when we finish tonight. It's so good. Yeah, I have no doubt. Yeah, everybody. You know his werewolf character like, in in, yeah. in what we do in the shadows, the way he's like a beta alpha. Yeah, 
he's kind of like that as a pirate. I mean, you can imagine Reese Darby being a pirate captain is kind of like that, but just the way that <laughs> yeah. he's so sincere, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just lovable. Yeah, and I yet, can't wait to watch this. And yet I feel like heads are going to roll before the season is over, too. I, you know, I don't think anybody is is completely safe. And it's based on a historical, like Steed Bonnet was a real guy. I, I kind of want to know some of the history, but I, 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 if I'm watching a show that's even loosely based on anything, I try not to read the Wikipedia page because sometimes it'll, you know, tell you too much. But Spoiler, <laughs> yeah. The way that Blackbeard introduces himself to Steve is genius. Yeah. It's so good, man. Like, Taika Waititi is like... Ha. We haven't I seen really him have... do this kind of bro character before. And he's no, very no, funny as no, a bro. Like, yeah. he's playing his kind of... <laughs> He's playing the kind of alpha version of himself. And it's just really yes. funny to see Taika Waititi doing like, it's almost like jackass meets pirates. You know what I mean? His his take yeah, on yeah, Blackbeard yeah. is like yeah. that type, like a party yeah. guy kind of. Yeah, it's, it's good. I forgot all about that. Only I, but, I'm, just like I said. I'm just learning something in, in this video here. When I hold my arm like this, it puts a thumbs up in this Zoom video. Oh. oh. Wow. Can you see the thumbs up? That's yes. And then when I pull it down... Like in a second, it's gonna That's go my... away. I don't. So I don't do have you, that setting. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. See, mine just no, went little, away. I don't. I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have that what setting. the hell? There's mine. Uh, yeah. What the hell? What do... It's so weird. Like it keeps picking up. Like if I if I'm just talking with my hands, it's like you're raising your hand. Yeah. Wow. Can it's I? So weird. You've mentioned that before, but I've never. Yeah. I, I didn't. You know, I didn't. It didn't occur to me that. Ronald, and I just I'm don't doing have this. That power. I'm doing this on the iOS app, so I don't know if it's an app thing. Oh, that might be what it is. Probably what it is. I'm on my iPad. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like listening to you talk about this, and I got my hand here. I'm like, did I just give what a thumbs that? up to somebody? <laughs> <laughs> I like the accidental thumbs up. People would yeah, people like, would see that video and be like, that's a clear signal that that Steve was. Yeah, saying. it's good. It's good stuff. We we give a thumbs up to our flags mean death or what? Yeah. What is it called? Our flags are death. Our flag means death. Mean death. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. 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 I want to see that really bad, so I'll be watching that soon. Oh man, um, you're gonna enjoy that. All right. Cool. Well, that's that's a good that's a good roundup at the end here. Uh, plenty of plenty of options. Um, and again, the South by experience was great again this year. So thanks again, South by Southwest for for having us. And we'll definitely follow up when we get some more information about some of the movies we mentioned if, uh, if they get acquired or get some sort of release plan. Um, but we'll mention it on a, on, a, on a future episode, but. Uh, moviesreview.com is the website you can catch up on past episodes also you can jump from there into um, any of our social media sites if you want to engage comment message us if you have ideas for episodes um, or have suggestions on how john can get the thumbs up to work on the zoom platform <laughs> on his MacBook <laughs> or on the mac os um, we're welcome to all kinds of input um, or if you just want to hop on one of the social medias to congratulate ronald and aaron on becoming parents i mean you can you can find them yes. there too um, Where are you registered, Ronald? Uh, <laughs> Target and uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, guys, complete that. Yeah, there, there she is. Jump on, ju yeah. There, look at that. Look at that resemblance that, right there. That expression is the appropriate reaction to you too, Ronald. So I, I want you yeah. to know that she she already gets here's it. another. Here's another one. She's like, what's Aww. going on? With this? She's a funny little kid, man. That was the oh. look you had when the uh, South by app wasn't working on the app. What the fuck is going on with this app? And, and kind of like with a baby with Ronald, we're never sure if he's really smiling or if it's just gas. Yes, you never know. You never know. <laughs> 
Um, all right, cool, man. Good seeing you guys. Good catching up. And uh, I'm, I'm guessing we'll be back on a weekly basis here. Hopefully, if everything yeah, works yeah. out. Um, so we'll hopefully be back next week to uh, Moon Knight. To, to, yeah, Moon Knight. Moon talk Knight. some other stuff. Oh, my God. I can't um, wait for Moon Knight. I feel like something else is coming out. Well, we're going to talk about... Steve and I have seen The Batman. Ronald yeah. has not yet. When that comes out, when is it? April 19th is when it's coming? April to 19th. So we're going to cover it's The coming Batman out on PVOD. later date. <clears throat> I think it's coming out on PVOD before it comes out on HBO Max. Okay. But I've noticed something. They don't really talk about that because it'll make people not want to see it yeah. when it comes out on something else. They did the same thing with Spider-Man. Spider-Man came out and they just were like, hey, it's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll I'm see. sure something else will come up between yes. now and then besides Moon Knight. But yeah, we'll definitely talk Moon Knight next week. Um, cool, guys. Good seeing you. And uh, thanks for listening to everybody out there. And as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.